a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Voices of Reason. I am Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson. And uh, today, we, we're going to do something not quite different, but I, I get to talk to some really smart people who know some stuff I don't know, and who are going to do everything they can not to tell me anything about what, what it is they do know. I've tried this already off the air. Uh, we're speaking today with uh, Frank DeVito and uh, Levi Lee. That is actually his real name, so I am told... But, uh, you know, we're just going to have to keep believing it. We so, didn't see IDs. Right. Um, no, I'm very excited about today. And it, it's not really different. I mean, I don't think we disagree, but I um, I love these two guys we've invited today because they have different experiences, different perspectives. And um, it's uh, this last couple of weeks with the Iran situation, um, I think, has been uh, terrifying, um, like, t- uh confusing uh like i was talking to frank earlier uh if you had asked me about Suleimani a month ago i wouldn't have been able to tell you who that was and now there's lots of my friends and family throwing his name around like he's their best pal or he's a guy he's their arch nemesis so um what i wanted to do was just have these two guys um we'll let them introduce themselves and talk about their experiences um in the in the army uh levi you go first yeah, uh, I'm Levi Lee. I did four years active duty Army and then six years as a contractor running around the world. Uh, my experience in Iraq was I spent pretty much all of 2004 in Babel province, Iraq, which is right between Baghdad and Karbala, right along that Sunni-Shia divide. So, yeah, Suleimani is a very interesting character for, character for me, and I look forward to talking about this. Okay. I'm Frank DeVito, and uh, I'm a veteran. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit uh, farther removed. I'm <clears throat> 10 years out of service now. I was uh, active duty Army and National Guard, uh, active duty for them as well for six years. Are you and guys both from Utah? I'm living in Utah. Yeah. I've been here. No, no, I mean, I mean, did you grow up here? Or? I didn't grow up here. No, yeah. I grew up born in California. And raised. Yeah, myself, born and raised. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm come from Orange County. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, both Army, both intelligence. Yeah. Uh, it's important, I think, to note, like, Frank served in Afghanistan. Um, you, uh, Levi served in um, Iraq, but he, he was deployed to Iraq, but he uh, then worked as a contractor in Afghanistan. So pretty familiar with the region. Let me ask both of you. Frank said, everybody knows Soleimani. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's you guys, you, peop, you guys who served there knew who he was. What's the view of that guy? What did you think of him when you were there? So, so well. Uh, Frank, what years were you there? So I was in Afghanistan oh eight oh nine, um, but uh, he's over the years been a, uh, you know, he's been a target for years and years now, you know, 
Um, <clears throat> when you say target, like identified as a terrorist. In we're the, going I, to kill him. Yeah. Okay. And when I say target, I mean he, we, he, he needs to die. We're going to kill him. That's okay. what that means. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, a good way to look at Suleimani is over the last couple decades, he has been the front face of the IRGC, the Iranians Revolutionary uh, Guard. And uh, whatever it is that the Iranian government wanted done on a militaristic side of the house, he was the person that got that stuff done. Now, when I was there in 2005, it was very much about the Shias taking control of Iraq and pushing around the Sunni elements that were not necessarily Saddam's favorite people, but the Sunnis had the uh, population advantages. And so now it was going towards the Shia side of the house, and that's what Soleimani wanted to do. And he brought tactics, techniques, and procedures to the Shia militant groups that we had never seen before. IEDs are one thing. That is an explosive device. He brought what were called EFPs, explosive form projectiles, Mm -hmm. which would be, imagine a coffee can, but instead of it spraying out ball bearings, it would form one single projectile that that could just tear through a tank. And once it got in, then it was a bunch of different shard pieces. It's a really, really effective and brutal, nasty thing. It's a copper plate that superheats and then it penetrates the armor and then it explodes into pieces but yeah he and he was a uh, he, he handled a lot of proxy forces or aided and aided a lot of successful proxy uh engagements that uh, that thousands of our guys uh, uh suffered from and mm-hmm. so when when you when we talk about these guys they're our enemy sworn enemy right however if, if you're from their side they think of us the way we think of them is that fair to say uh well alliances uh, shift too yeah. i'd like yeah. to definitely point out that alliances did shift because when isis came onto the scene Soleimani and the iranian government saw isis as an existential threat and we were less of a threat to them so there was a time where Soleimani wasn't necessarily working with us but we did have the same objectives of eliminating isis so was so, uh, Soleimani is he sunni no he's shia he's shia yeah but uh so uh, what is it um uh, Gosh, the guy that killed Saddam, he was uh, Sunni. He was Sunni, but he was he very, very uh, secularist. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he killed anyone who got in his way. So, okay. and so, but, but I think you're the maybe the general public might have mm-hmm. opinions that are similar to the way we develop opinions, right? So we we hear media, we understand stories, we catch narratives, mm-hmm. and then we that's what we hear, that's what we think. So that's how we think things are really going. And I think the same thing happens uh, there in Iran and any, anywhere in the world. You know, the nation's media is going to have its its say, and through that, narratives are going to develop, right? So, so in that way, yeah, sure. And I mean, we're all uh, people, so in that sense, we're all the same. Uh, and you know, that's the way that is. Well, no, the reason I bring that up is because I mean, like we look. I I'm like you guys. I, I feel like you know, it's, uh, what's the what's the guy's name? Um, Osama bin Laden. He had to go. Mm-hmm. And there's of plenty course. of people. By the way, there's plenty more people walking the face of this earth that, in, in, in Jason's opinion, they need to go. Mm-hmm. And some of them are on the other side of the ocean. Some of them are on this side. However, it, I, I go back. To, the reason I bring this up is because you know we 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 kind of throw this around as if um, this doesn't impact the other side as much as it impacts us. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, when we say we kill this guy, he had to go. I get that, and I'm not even against that. But I know that as just regular people who have, I've never served, and though my, my dad's a veteran and I got plenty of veterans in my family, it hasn't been my experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I believe whatever you guys do, you try to do to protect us the best way you know how. 
And I have no reason to believe otherwise. Mm. But I also know that on, uh, on the other side of the ocean, they're thinking the same way of their military. And, and, and there's part of me that thinks that we should consider their side of this, too, which is that America is occupying uh, their country. Yeah. Well, per- per- perhaps they're thinking the same. But I, just like uh, Levi was saying, I mean, uh, alliances shift. Um, interests matter. Every, everybody's got varying interests. So, uh, you know, when the interests align, then we're good. And when they don't, it's negotiations. It's making arrangements and it's working things out. But when we're talking about Soleimani and, and uh, you know, these the proxy fighting that has taken place over over these last years um you know we're talking about this guy is has funded and advanced uh terror and um and uh uh military operations and uh, sabotage i mean he's yeah. been about been about um not letting anybody get a foothold or 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 build democracy in that in the region yeah and it's, if it's even possible and those are the interests that he's serving Mm-hmm. Right. And has ser- has served. And and so are the guys here doing similar things? Yeah, similar. I wouldn't say the same. And mm-hmm. I don't think that the people in Iran all all together are in a unified voice saying, oh, you know, well, we, that's su- like we supported Soleimani. Yeah. It's like anywhere. Right. 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 It's, yeah, as, you know, as recently as just I think it was three weeks prior to Soleimani's death. The Iranians were having protests against their own government. Yeah. Small mm-hmm. scale, but they were protesting their own government. And there's yeah. a sig- significant portion of those people who have some of the same views. Listen, I want to, we got to, uh, in this segment, we come back, I want to continue our discussion and, and find out some more about what you guys think about what's been happening and, and hopefully kind of give us some insight on what you think may be coming in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Voices of Reason. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Voices of Reason. I am Jason Lee, along with my co-host and business partner, Amy Donaldson. And today we're talking with Levi Lee and Frank DeVito. They are military veterans who have been in um, Afghanistan and, uh, what is it? Iraq. Uh, Iraq. <laughs> and they are giving us insight, having been there firsthand, what it, what is, what it was like. And, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Suleimani, uh, who, the general who was killed recently. But uh, Amy brought up, we, let's start, give a timeline as yeah. to how we got I, to I'd like to are. just lay some groundwork here so we know. We kind of jumped in right there because, I, as I said, I don't think a month ago most of us wouldn't know who Kasim, who Suleimani was. But you guys did. Um, you're familiar with him for a few years. Um, but December 27th, there was a rocket attack at an Iraqi military base in Kirkuk. Um, it killed a U.S. Um, contractor, a private contractor, which is what you did for a while. Um, my brother-in-law actually flies planes for private defense contractors in the area, and it delayed him coming home for the holidays for a Ooh. bit. But, um, but, uh, and then the U.S. Um, carried out some uh, defense. What they said uh, characterized as defensive strikes against some uh, militia, Iranian-backed militia groups, um, and that happened, I think, the 29th. And then. Um, uh, 
some Hezbollah commanders were killed. That caused um, people to be upset, and they stormed or protest. There was a protest outside the U.S. embassy that became violent, and they actually stormed the um, embassy and did a bunch of damage. Um, a friend in the military now who sent some pictures of that, um, some significant damage to the embassy there in in Iraq, and they um, and so President um, Trump chose then um, to. Uh, basically, uh, target target. I guess yeah. uh, uh, they're saying it was a defensive um, killing of uh, Kasim Soleimani, um, and everybody takes issue with this. But he is revered in his universe, right? Of, by, by his people, um, by those by who many back, of them. How's that? By those who back what? But but I mean, they, there's no doubt about it. Whether it's from out of fear or admiration for what he has done, he has enabled them to to you know hurt the most powerful military on the planet so um they that anyway he was taken out and i and i believe there was also an iraqi um official that was in another car there were two cars that were hit and i don't know the total number of casualties but anyway that began this conversation about well not conversation debate really how much power should the president have in sort of starting or waging a war um and which made me laugh because we've been at war for 19 years basically um and i find it um i this whole debate uh, disingenuous at best at times mm-hmm. because um as you know and both of you have very close brothers who've not returned or who have died because of this conflict and we are now having you know now they started world war 3 and I feel like we should at least acknowledge we have been at war in the region for nearly two decades. So that just that is what sets the stage for this conversation. And then I have watched you guys on social media sort of, uh, I think, been a little bit tortured by this. I mean, there's a part of you that's happy the guy is no longer with us on planet Earth and he's not going to be innovating new ways to kill our our friends in the military. Um, But also, I think there's this idea of like, well, so what is the strategy? Is this the best thing? Because you, like you say, he was a target for a long time. Yeah, I do just want to make sure it's clear that the individuals that were with Soleimani were uh, militia commanders and not officials in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And okay. to me, that's a very important distinction. Very Absolutely. Important. Yeah. yeah. Because to me, just the whole notion that Soleimani is in Baghdad, where, you know, if guys like Frank and I were in charge, it would be shoot on sight. Mm-hmm. If he is in Baghdad, he is there to do bad things. Mm-hmm. And he was there with Shia-supported Iraqi militia who do bad things. Mm-hmm. So, like, And that's the complexity yeah. of being there, is that you have so many, like you said, alliances shipped. There's so many little alliances. Like, we think of things... Very segmented, right. like, you know, there's the city, there's the state, there's the federal level, right? There's villages, there's families, there's tribal, there's religious, there's economic uh, alliances. And when, it's really confusing. But when you, when you mentioned uh, that he kind of had to go, I was hoping you kind of explain he, he was there to do bad things. Right. Uh, yeah. Can you kind of go a little more detail on that? Well, uh, <clears throat> he had already been doing bad things. Right. So when we say bad, when I say bad things, I mean, he he was behind a great deal of violence against U.S. forces that caused a, a lot of casualty uh, death. And, um, you know, when I say targeted earlier, he's he's been a target for a long time. Killer capture. Right. Uh, it's what you know, whether whether he's a target for killing or capturing him mm-hmm. so we can, you know, have some kind of justice or something like that, then doesn't matter but uh, 
uh, that he has been a target for a long time for those reasons. You know, so, that, that so type what's of the impact of him says. being gone now? So y'all just gonna. Well, what are your thoughts of like that? Of that? I mean, how do you feel personally? Well, it's great. You know, yeah. you a little bit of celebratory, right? You're like, okay, good. Now that guy's gone. You know, let's continue to work towards things. And and when I say things, I mean ultimately, what does anybody want? We want we want peace and we want prosperity. Everybody wants prosperity. Everybody wants peace. Then we can and we can achieve that. Those are things that are achievable. But when you have <clears throat> interests that interrupt that, or uh, or when you have um, uh, you know uh, interests that that they conflict with what you're trying to do, you're gonna you, we end up where we're at, right? And where and where we've been with him. He's he was supported. He was supported by people whose interests he served. Right. So people who you say, you know, you mentioned the word beloved, I think you said. And, you know, beloved by whom? Beloved by those whose interests he served. Right. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not serving everybody's interests. He's not like serving some, you know, I, I know their theocracy there. And so that maybe they think everything they're doing is, you know, in the grace of God, you know, uh, uh, but uh, to some degree, think, so do we. So Right. <laughs> right. Well, I think yeah. uh, when we're truly doing that. We come to uh, agreements and arrangements. But that, is it that's possible? The, that's the norm. Is it possible? Are, is it, is, are we going to find peace and prosperity? Are we, the Americans, going to lead that situation? Are we going to be able to do that? Certainly. Uh, we okay. can set an example. But, okay. uh, yeah, spreading democracy is a real hard row to sow. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, democracy, free, free market trade, you know, uh, the but I mean, democracy requires a strong central government, and I don't Certainly. see that, that that unless you have a like without a dictator, <laughs> nobody's really been able to demonstrate that they can sustain a really strong central government, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I I think that that's one thing that worries me about the government aspect of it, which is a totally different issue than people want food. I mean, I think one I, of the reasons the Taliban enjoyed a resurgence in Afghanistan was. That they were doing things for the people that allowed them to live easier, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the number yeah. one thing that the Taliban was able to provide people that especially democracy struggles to is the Taliban provided conflict resolution. And according to everyone in Afghanistan, the Taliban had the force of God behind it. So whatever the Taliban said went problem solved. You took the answer the Taliban oh. gave you, and you got on with your life. Well, and they were they were horrifying too. I mean, yeah. if you didn't, no, no, if you didn't I agree totally with them, agree. Yeah. man, there were no. beautiful places I've been. I've been to beautiful places in Afghanistan, beautiful places along rivers, great towns, man, with just super awesome people, man. I, I, I super awesome. Oh yeah, no, and, I, uh, and those yeah. towns don't even exist. They're razed to the ground mm-hmm. because the Taliban came back through. And how how did they? How are they gaining their support? It isn't. Mm-hmm. It isn't necessarily by you know winning hearts and minds through some you know uh, inshallah uh, will of God approach. It's it's See, destroy destroy. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. you're not on our side, so you're out. Yeah. When we come what, back, I want to. Uh, I'm sorry, real quick. I just yeah. uh, want to keep us on time a little bit. Uh, when we come back, I want to let Frank continue this because, like again, being on this side, I've rarely do I get a chance to speak to some people who have actually been there, understand. In, in deep detail what it's like and what it was like before all of this nonsense uh, kind of started there. Uh, you're listening to Voices of Reason. We're 
back with Voices of Reason. I'm Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson. Today we're speaking with Frank DeVito and L- Levi Lee. That is just so funny to me. Uh, but you two first names. As a guy with hey three man, first names, name, Levi. I, look, I got three first names. Take it up with my parents. Uh, right? We, uh, they didn't do us any favors, by the way. <laughs> um, these, are, these gentlemen have been uh, military veterans in the Middle East, uh, in intelligence, uh, and they know what it's like firsthand to be in not only just a war zone, but in the war zone that has been affecting all of our lives since September 11, well, just after September 11, 2001. And um, Frank, you were explaining, you know, we, we talk about how Suleimani was killed mm-hmm. and uh, the interests that he was trying to serve. Those people may, uh, you know, have found it objectionable how we took care of that. But uh, that uh, the Taliban came in, you know, and, and was creating havoc, but providing what they consider resolution. But in doing so, they basically raised areas with people who had families and individuals living their lives in what had previously been places of, of I don't know, kind of grandeur and beauty. It was, uh, well, I don't know, grandeur, definitely beauty, man. Uh, like I say, man, in some of these places that, that I had worked and we worked with the local law enforcement and you know, or helping to stabilize things. Um, things were really, I mean, it was great. People were really super cool. The kids were awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and today, like, I know that those places don't exist because the Taliban came through and did that. But, I mean, re- relating the Taliban to, uh, you know, Iran, you, you can make these connections, right? Like, we, we can see some of this, these, uh, these connections here. And I think... We fail a lot of the time when we're thinking about all the the big narrative stuff and the and the the names and uh, and events that we're we're hearing about. We're not always thinking about uh, all the people that have suffered in the warfare mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. actually, you know, conducted on on in front of them. Right. That's uh, one of the things the, and, that was interesting to me was that the when Iran struck back yeah. after Soleimani's death, they bombed a. A base, a military base in Iraq, and I thought, how would it be to be an Iraqi, and you know, Suleimani gets taken out at your airport, then your a, a base that the U.S. and Allied forces use yeah. gets bombed, and and their military. I have um, opinions about yeah. that. There's yeah, a, there's a pretty good meme where it's like Iran, you know, to get even, or uh, uh, the U.S. to get even with Iran bombs Iraq. Iran to get even with the U.S. bombs Iraq, and that's an Iraqi at like a soccer game, and his hands are up. He's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, he's got that stop look. Stop doing this. So. Yeah. When are you going to stop? Yeah. What, what were your that, What were your initial thoughts when you heard? Well, and that yeah. what was so important to me is that Soleimani should be a persona non grata in Iraq. He has done so much damage to that country for so long yeah. that. The, what I was so concerned about is that the, the government of Baghdad knew that Soleimani was there because that is a form of collusion that is a betrayal to us. Mm-hmm. And Soleimani was luckily there only meeting with, you know, high ranking militia members there who do all of the harm currently. And uh, this is where interests come into play. For the longest time, we've had the full support or not full support, but the support of the Iraqi government being there. And David Petraeus came out and said, I can't imagine the Iraqis asking us to leave. And I'm like, hey, you're going to be wrong again, David. Because <laughs> sure enough, the next day, Iraq votes almost in mass to tell the Americans to leave. And so there it is, those shifting interests. Yeah. Now this Iraq sees this as an opportunity to expel the American forces. Mm-hmm. Not that we'd go that far. We'd still be in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia right next to them. Mm-hmm. But that makes those Iraqi lawmakers appear tough to their own people. 
people. Mm-hmm. The Iranians firing those missiles into U.S. military bases make the Iranian government look tough to their own people. There's a lot of posturing going on here. And So let me ask I, you, do you believe the the cooling off? Do you believe when, Iraq's, when Iran says, that's all we're going to do, do you believe that? Or do you think I, that... I have an opinion yeah, That would be okay. smart, but yeah. that doesn't mean that's what they'll do. <laughs> so, okay. so, so I have a developing opinion here. Okay. I'm of the opinion that uh, Iran has been under a lot of pressure, uh, crushing. Yeah, going right. on two and a half years, if yeah. you want to look at sanctions and, and issues. I, and yeah. I'm, I, I'm thinking, uh, you know, perhaps meetings have been held, you know, people have been communicating, saying, how do we get out from underneath this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we don't want you messing with our ways and what we're doing and uh, what, what do we got to do? So negotiating, right? Yeah. I think that... Uh, I think that we said, hey, give us these guys, at, you know, after this incident, we want these guys, give them to us. And uh, and I, I think perhaps Iran did comply. And I think that's why Soleimani may have been there uh, at that time with those people he was with. I think Iraq would, would have been certainly involved in this in order to see this sort of peace start to happen. Mm-hmm. We have to eliminate certain guys. We had to target those militia groups that got m- bombed. We had to do that. Mm-hmm. We had to get rid of this head who was driving that snake. Yeah. Uh, and so those things have happened. And I think that, uh, you know, the retaliatory uh, missile strike was weak. It was very silly. Posturing. Very yeah. silly. It was pure posturing. And you wouldn't do that if you were sincerely looking for warfare. Right. You were looking for, hey, I can't look weak. I can't let our nation look like we're not responding to this thing. But how interesting that, that after that response, a fairly weak response, um, everybody said, we don't want to, that's it, we're done. And uh, we just want this peace now. I think very much that that's what everybody would like to get to. The uh, you know they struck down that uh, that airliner and I, the I think Ukrainian that that, airliner yeah so I don't I don't you know in this idea this opinion that I'm developing here I don't think that uh, I don't think that the idea that we gave or Iran gave Soleimani over this wouldn't be a thing that everybody knows about it would be a thing that nobody knows about Soleimani mm-hmm. didn't know about it nobody knows about it it happened totally under the you know, it will, it will, it, yeah. you know, this opinion of mine, this would there never, are puppeteers this will, behind the it won't come out saying. this way yeah. ever, most likely Okay, so ever, what's, right? your, what's but, your opinion? Uh, it's always important to have a few different, you know, potential yeah. courses of action for what actually took place. And there's yeah. probably a real good balance of conspiracy and stupidity. Yeah. Whoever it is who fired an SA-15 at a Ukrainian airliner, yeah, that was, that's, that's insane to me. I mean, they must have thought something was going on. They must have thought there was incoming coming back their totally way. Did. That's crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. They totally did think so, things were Which going on. Which is why I don't buy your theory. Up, the whole no. Air Force. No. I, not, I hope your theory let, is correct. Let me, let me, let me finish this. <laughs> let me finish this then. Yeah. So, so Iran responds and they mm-hmm. throw their their fighters up into the air. So it's it's okay. It's warfare. They got everybody's on alert. These mm-hmm. missile defense guys are on alert. Everybody's on alert. Yeah. The U.S. put out an order and says, "Hey, no fly zone over Iran right now." Mm-hmm. Right. And then this Ukrainian airliner comes through, and I on, I think it's very possible that the, what they state is that it was a mistaken thing. I think that's exactly what happened. I think it's sure. highly likely that that is exactly what happened. I, they, you can't I tell the difference between a military yeah. airliner no, and a, no plan. No, no plan they, goes they according see, to plan. They see it and they target it and they take like, it down. I think if people understood, really? that if you yeah. read like the history of warfare in this country, so much it's so much luck 
combined yeah. with you know being prepared and 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 just tough smart people being in the right place at the right time yeah. there's so many things that go wrong um and people a lot of people die from mistakes yeah. Yeah, and if you study the Cold War close enough, there were so many false positives of missile strikes Mm -hmm. that just we were lucky enough to have military commanders who looked at the battlefield and said they wouldn't only fire seven missiles. This has got to be a false positive. That is the commonality. But when tensions are so high, Mm -hmm. some poor radar operator (laughs) somewhere saw a blip on his map. Freaked yeah. out, told his commander. Yeah. Commander and, said, "Oh, yeah. we got to take that down." Yeah, and uh, before we came in here today, I was watching the, the video footage uh, retrieved it's, by the New York Times, and mm. Canadian intelligence confirms it as well. An SA uh, two SA fifteen missiles hit that plane. Yeah. Are you kidding? Me? This is why. This yeah. is why they saw two when you because there was a, a bystander got caught this, and I, I saw it. Um, I saw this uh, last night. This video, um, but uh, there was a. A bystander caught a video of the plane, and uh, you can see as it's traveling. You know, it's lit up, and uh, and it and it, f- it lights up again, and yeah. then and then it hits ground, it ground. and yeah. you know, and that so that is exactly I, I, when I saw it, I started thinking, uh, that's man, that is that's what's happening here. This yeah. isn't uh, nobody's targeting in civilians in China. We got to come back uh, because. First of all, you've just blown my mind that we, we're not nearly as sophisticated as I thought we were, and people are dying because of it. Uh, we'll be back with more. This is The Voices of Reason. We're back with Voices of Reason. I'm Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson. Today we're speaking with Frank DeVito and uh, Levi Lee. And again, they blow my mind telling me that we can't tell the difference between, we can't always tell the difference between a military aircraft and a commercial airliner, which may explain, or pretty much explains, why over uh, the the Iranians shot down a Ukrainian airliner that was just full of uh, 167 people. 60 of them were uh, Canadians, uh, just regular civilians. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so um, we're, we're, as we're talking today, there's been some uh, vote in Washington yeah. to uh, a War Powers Act. Is that yeah, right? I, th- I think it's important to note the Democrats voted, and, and it's not just Democrats, I hate this headline. Uh, there was a vote in the House to limit the president's uh, ability to wage war in Iran, um, a, a sort of an amendment to the War Powers Act, uh, 224 to 194. Um, and there were some defections. Now, our, our representative, um, a Democrat, um, uh, ben McAdams, he voted uh, against this. So he sided with the Republicans on this. Um, no, most notable, Representative Matt Goetz, uh, Florida Republican, he voted with the Democrats. Um, and so the, the, the split on this is whether or not you think the president should have the ability to do what he did. So should he be able to take out a guy like Soleimani or should he be able to respond to to something like the contractor being killed or, or without the attack at approval. the embassy without going to Congress first right. and getting permission? And I would, again, take you, as I said in the very first segment, we have some of this that's been going on. Some of this stuff is authorized, but a lot of it is not. And, and the Senate also has um, a proposal to do the same thing. It's backed by Mike Lee, most notably, our uh, 
a senator Senate, here, yep. um, who Our called the senator. he called the security briefing the an worst unmitigated <laughs> disaster. Right. Unco- so, unconstitutionally used. The, the, that well, the, just the the decision yeah. to do that, and so and that and that's some of the debate. And I think it's I actually am kind of glad he that there's this disagreement where he has to cross over. Um, and 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 Ben is on a different side. I think that because I like to discuss sort of the ideas uh, behind these things, like should a president have that kind of power in America? We've specifically not given our executive 100 uh, percent the ability to do what in other countries these executive branches can do at a drop of a hat. We Congress, there are different branches of government that control different things. And so I like that. I feel safer at night because I know these things are not um, foolproof. And I, I feel like the discussion is where you flesh out the best decision. Now, also, I feel like that slows everything down and nothing gets done. Yeah. So I see the wisdom both ways. But the fact that there was no discussion with Congress or the Gang of Eight, which is like the top leaders in Congress, um, that concerned me most Mm -hmm. so i didn't have any issue with this guy dying it sounded to me after i read that he was with the militia leaders that it was like you say he was up to no good he was in a place he shouldn't be with people he shouldn't be with but i i just exactly where he needed to be (laughs) (laughs) i'll I'll tell you right now if someone had given me the option the the press briefing would have been we were going after iraqi shia backed militiamen and Suleimani just happened to be there, yeah. but you know they're not. They're not asking for see, my. See, they need yeah. PR advice. They're not, they're not right? asking for my advice like they used to. <laughs> yeah, That's but see, the problem Levi, see, if if, if you're uh, the people who did this, they want to pump their chest out and say we got this guy, and they want everybody to know it. So, and, and there's there's part of them that is proud of it, despite the fact that they probably should have done it a little more undercover, a little, I, a little more style, right. yeah, a yeah, little more style. Maybe, maybe. I, I think that. Uh, what have we been doing over there for so long, right? Like, so we've been trying to eradicate um, an, an enemy threat that is uh, intermingled with everybody else, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you know, had, we had ISIS, and uh, and uh, you know, we had Al Qaeda, and you know, well, you have, and, and as we're growing I along, think that's the problem. You got to make it gets you, too convoluted. It, there, see, I, a, I don't think so. Sulemani I mean, already. there's still re, there's still mm-hmm. there's still the reality. Reality is always going to be what it is, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know that that's what we ought to be seeking after. But I think we get caught up too. We look at and okay, so everybody's talking about Soleimani and this particular event, right? And we're not talking about all of the other events, like as though this event is somehow this unique individual event. And and it's not. It, it was now. I, I'm certain the president is. You know, he's going to take full advantage of. Hey, look, man, we we did this thing, and I don't. I think that that's a good thing. I think we should be saying, hey, we. We crushed this this dragon's skull. It's done. This snake is dead, and and uh, and now the body better die, right? But but these are goals that we've been working towards for a long time, and um, you know Iran didn't get themselves involved as uh, directly, right? Nobody, Iran's not like coming and sending their primary forces in to do things. Everything's being done proxy. When things are being done that way, there's a whole there's a whole lot of room to be able to say, well, that's not really what I wanted. So let's you know go ahead and take those guys and get rid of this thing. And what you could play around a lot more when you're doing game, when you're playing that way. Then um, if you do it straight, yeah, we only got we, we only got yeah. a short yeah. time. So I, I need to do two things. Uh, one is I want to ask. Sorry, you, Levi. What do you see happening? Yeah. Say in the next little while. I mean, in in a minute or so. 
I don't have a good biography on the individual that stood has been stepped up to take Soleimani's place. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Osama bin Laden, I knew everyone hated Alman al-Zawahiri. He is still alive and no one cares. His movement doesn't even like him. Whereas Iran, I mean, they've got guys trained up and down the line to be the next martyr. And that's going to be a serious problem. So predictions... Uh, there's a lot of plans that we need to have. And no plan survives first contact. We need to look at every possible scenario from here on out. Frank? Uh, well, I agree with that. And I also think that we'll see, uh, if I'm correct, I think that we'll see Iran um, kind of stepping back from this. And I'll see we'll see relationships uh, starting to build. We may see much more uh, events, incidents. Um, but, uh, you know, this whole idea of this, like, total all-out uh, World War Three stuff, this stuff isn't going to come to pass, man. The, what, what we've been working towards and the world is really working towards is we want to we have peace and prosperity. Prosperity, 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 right? So, so I, think, I think that it may be a long time coming, but I, I, I think optimistically that we'll be seeing. Um, Do our troops come home? When? No. 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 Okay. The Iraqis from where? Said yes. Where do you want the, to take them from home the from? the Middle East. Yeah. No. I mean, I, Saudi no. Arabia and, and Kuwait, I think there will always be a presence no, they may, there. They might. But I mean, they will, might. They leave, will they leave Iraq and Afghanistan? Currently, oh, mis- well, yeah, currently mission creep is going more troops, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. We can, uh, we'll do overtime. Yeah. But for right now, I want to say thank you to Frank and uh, to Levi because... I have. It's a fascinating discussion, and I'm glad I got a chance to talk to you guys about this, and I hope you uh, enlighten us a little bit more at some point in the future. Uh, join us again for the next episode of the M- Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. If you have any comments about our show, please contact us via email at vormed at gmail.com or at vorjasonl at gmail, or you can find us on Twitter at adonsports and at jasonlee1. Our show's Twitter handle is at VORpodcast. You can check out our Facebook page, and you can also find and subscribe to free episodes of our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any other place where you might find interesting content. Be sure to review our show as well. We love to get your feedback, and it helps us grow our audience. Until next time, I'm Jason Lee. When you engage in passionate debate, do your best to keep your dialogue civil. Try to be the voice of reason. Voices of Reason is a production of the Loudmouth Project.